Hello and welcome to the movie podcast. My name is Anthony. I am one of your hosts. Alongside me, I have my two beautiful hosts, Daniel and Shay. How are you two today? Feeling pretty. I'm feeling. I'm feeling beautiful. Do you like that I called you beautiful? Yeah, Yeah. we we both got a little. We blushed right away. I blushed immediately. Wow, it's a nice way to start the show. I like. I was gonna say ugly, but my two ugly co-hosts. Oh yeah, that that would be the opposite. You're absolutely right. Wouldn't have felt as good. No. But no, would have been sadder. I'll be honest. <laughs> I would have wanted to cry. Yes, yes. <laughs> and that is my job on this show to make it's you cry. True. There you go. <laughs> every every third episode, we cry. There we go. Yeah, I cry inside. <laughs> As always, you can catch a new episode of the movie podcast every Monday and watch out throughout the week for reviews, episodes on all the latest movies and series. Make sure to follow us at the movie podcast on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Letterbox. And don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts at the end of this show. Head over to our podcast page on Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star review. We're trying to hit 200. We're so close. We want to hit 200 before October. I think that's that was our goal, but if let's we do don't... September let's even. do September. You know, let's do by August. Let's do by tomorrow. Tomorrow. <laughs> Tomorrow's August 1st. So listen to this. Like, did they mean yesterday or today? Are they behind? Did we do it? <laughs> <laughs> the phone just explodes. <laughs> Or your phone explodes. I think we we we, we planted did. that. We did plant all it. all Apple podcasts. Not my fault. No, we went Apple. to like the Mission Impossible team and said, "Okay, yeah. IMF, we need you to give give us this notice." But at the end of it, if it doesn't reach its its message, then self destruct. I do want to I do want to make it very clear the the IMF does stand for the Impossible Mission Force. Okay, just want to um, just in case not, people <laughs> did not know what IMF stood for, <laughs> Impossible Mission Force. Yeah, and. Wow. Don't forget to join us on our Discord. Yeah. Do Discord is huge for us. Huge. Huge. And you can check out all our show notes for all those links and more on our yeah. feed. I'm going to throw it to Daniel for some announcements. Hello, hello, hello. We are coming off an amazing July and June of special guests on the movie podcast. You already know who we've had on because we tell you every single episode of the show. Uh, we had Tony Bancroft, we have Tara Strong, Gabriel Berestein, Billy McClellan. In our last episode, because we were off last week, we had Kate Heron, the director of Loki, on our show talking about the finale. Definitely give those episodes a listen. We had such an amazing time talking to them. We love talking to the people who make the shows and movies that we love. And we have more planned. So no announcements yet today, but definitely stay tuned because we have some really cool people planned on the show. Uh, we're also doing a giveaway right now. So if you've seen the green Knight, if you're a fan of the green Knight, check out our Instagram and Twitter pages. We are giving away the, uh, board game, the official role-playing game and two admission passes to see it, uh, open to Canadian listeners only. Uh, but definitely check out our socials to see how you could enter that. That's running until Wednesday of this week. We will contact you if you are a winner. Thank you to our friends at elevation and Taro PR for giving us, uh, or partnering with us for that giveaway. Speaking of the green Knight. Our review is out now. You can listen to it now on the movie podcast feed wherever you listen to us, as well as our review for Jungle Cruise, Old, Black Widow, and more are available on the movie podcast feed. This week, you can look forward to our reviews of The Suicide Squad and Free Guy, and special announcement hot off the presses, the movie podcast has been officially accredited for the Toronto International Film Festival. This is our favorite film festival, the one that we've been looking forward to all year. There's some huge movies coming out, so... Closer to the end of August, we will have our TIFF preview, where we're going to talk about all the films we're looking forward to watching. Um, But we'll have lots of reviews in September for all of the TIFF films, so definitely 
if you're this is the first time you're listening to the show, make sure you subscribe, make sure you give us five stars because there is a lot of movie content coming. And the movie podcast is the best place to listen to it. That's true. Thank you, Daniel. Are you guys excited for TIFF? Oh, TIFF? It's awesome. I'm very excited. Never heard of it. Never heard of it. I mean, we went to TIFF in 2019. We we saw That was our first year. First year we went, we saw Joker, Honey Boy, and Ford vs. Ferrari in one day. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember just being exhausted. (laughs) Long day. What three amazing films did we watch? We were really lucky because we were just like, okay, like, Ford vs. Ferrari, what a way to start off the day. And then we saw Joker, and I'm like, okay, what a way to continue the day. And then we were so tired by the time Honey Boy started. But it ended up being a great movie as well, too. Yeah, exactly. And then we also saw Sound of Metal. I know Anthony saw Hustlers. Yep. Um, yeah. I saw Dads. Saw dads yeah. Um, yeah, it was 2019. Yeah, it was a good year. 2019, year just in general, I think, was such an amazing mo- year for movies. And then you look at what came out at TIFF, it was just fantastic. Bangers. So there's going to be a lot of big films premiering at TIFF, and I'm so lucky to be... Uh, for the three of us to be able to cover it this year and watch a lot of movies. And it's nice that we'll have the option of hybrid pretty much this year again. So we can go down there and say, hello, Tiff. Or we can stay at home and say, hello, Tiff. Oh, hello, Tiff. Hello, hello Tiff. TV. That's my at-home voice. Okay. <laughs> Wouldn't yeah. it be the opposite? When you're at home, you'd be louder, no? No, I have an indoor voice when I'm at home. There you go. It's your home, though. Yeah, but do you yell at your own house? Hello, yes. Oh, you're Tiff. Italian, so yeah, of course yeah, you Yeah, I yell. Yeah, you guys are still reeling off that World Cup <laughs> Yeah, we are still. Yeah. Or Euro What's Cup. it like right now? Sorry, yeah, Euro Cup. What's it like right now at your house with the Euro Cup win? It's like anyone else's house. No. I, I, my house is not celebrating. <laughs> well, we we finished celebrating. It's, 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 Don't you guys do 31 days of celebrations? No. Is that Baskin <laughs> Robbins, man? That's, that's Baskin Robbins. I think you were talking about is that. that. <laughs> was that only Baskin Robbins? Oh, I apologize. Baskin yeah. Robbins has they a new Italy out. flavor. If, yeah. it world, if it was the World Cup, it'd, it'd be, be a gelato. little bit different. Yeah, world, oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Are you guys watching the Olympics? Uh, here and, here there, and there, you know, yeah. here's again, shout out to everybody who's the athletes that are there. I have a bunch of friends who are working on the actual shows here and like somehow working on it here, but the show's happening in Tokyo. Tokyo. In Tokyo. So shout out to everybody working on it. I know it's been extremely difficult this year, but yeah, yeah I feel like this is the first year. I usually love watching the Olympics, mm-hmm. but I feel like this is the first year that I'm like, I keep forgetting it's on. I've been very distracted by movies and TVs this year. I think right. more so than before. Yeah. Um, but like, I'll, it'll be on the background. And I'll be watching. Like, I remember I was watching um, the not not the running one, but the fast walking one. Oh yeah, the fast. Walking. It was just speed so walking. funny. Speed walking. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, it was so, fast walking. <laughs> it was just so funny to watch. But I was like, man, like that is that is something I can't do for sure. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's cool. Are you I watching it? Well, I didn't think I was gonna watch it this year because it just it didn't think with. With everything that's going on and like being able to find the time to put yeah, in my schedule. Yeah, it's not always front of mind, right? I've actually watched quite a bit of the Olympics. Oh, wow. And it's been really good. And yeah. I've seen like some world-breaking records happening. A lot of swimming. A lot of new sports I didn't even know about. Like three-on-three basketball. Like yeah. half court. And like, wow. <laughs> I didn't think that <laughs> was... Skateboarding there now too. Street skateboarding is huge. What's uh, your favorite one so far? Um, I would say swimming like i just like watching people swim there was this dude he just swam for eight minutes back and forth and back and forth and that's crazy it's an italian dude and he won but like i just couldn't imagine swimming that much it was like 800 meters back and forth for eight minutes jeez that's gotta hurt they're like fishes (laughs) they are luca (laughs) and you don't you don't think of them like yeah i could do what they're doing and then they cbc and even nbc they do a real great breakdown of like yeah they they're they're running at 30 miles an hour at, over a certain amount of period over like 20 minutes of yeah of time this is or 
you they're throwing a javelin across a full football field. You can't do what no, they do. No, no I can barely, it's, it's, it's easy. Cool. To, it's easy to sit on the couch and be like, "Yeah, I could do that." I'm yeah. like, "No, you can't. No, you can't. You cannot do I that." I whenever people, I, like, I see people watch sports and they're like, "Come on, man, he was open and like I could have done it." I'm like, "There's no way, sir. You are literally sitting there with Cheeto <laughs> fingers on your hand right now, so you wouldn't be able to do that yeah. at all." But it's interesting this year too because the Olympics are, I think, for the first time as well, a lot more accessible with them yes. being on Amazon Prime. Yeah. yeah, which is interesting to see them like, "Oh, I could." Go to Prime and watch live have a sports. Good time. Women's volleyball is my favorite. Sorry, mm. I, I retract my oh, swimming. It's, it's no, no so swimming. fun to watch. You know why? Because they're so intense about it. Yeah. Like they're so yeah. I, I've every time like a beach lot of friends though. that have done beach yeah. volleyball, hundred percent. Yeah. yeah, it's really cool. Like uh, dead or alive, right? <laughs> dead or alive. Dead or alive. Beach yeah. volleyball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, sure. If yeah. They, they resemble, yes. Yeah. Could you imagine they're just gripping off heads? This year, <laughs> oh. Tokyo is a little different. I mean, it is a Tokyo-based game. Very, very true. Why. And you know the Japanese, they yeah. love their dead or alive. They do. They love and, their DOA. Yeah. But yeah, it's really, uh, beach volleyball is always an, an incredible one to watch. because it's fun to play as well. It's fun to play as well. Yeah. Okay. Another right. of the Olympics. Let's get into the news. Wow, that was good. Yo, I felt like I was aggressive. I felt the power. Yeah, I felt well, the power. Someone's aggressive in the next news. Ooh, oh, spicy let's news give, coming give, in. Give me that aggression. First news story of the week: Scarlett Johansson. Oh, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna pronounce it Johansson. Her, her family name. Sues Disney over Black Widow streaming release, and this is coming from Joe Flint and Eric Schweitzel of the Wall Street Journal. Black Widow has a new enemy, and that is the Walt Disney Co. Scarlett Johansson, star of the latest movie. Black Widow filed a lawsuit Thursday in Los Angeles Superior Court against Disney, alleging her contract was breached when the media giant released the film on its Disney Plus streaming service at the time as its theatric at the same time as its theatrical debut. Mrs. Johansson said that in the suit that her agreement with Disney's Marvel Entertainment guaranteed an exclusive theatrical release and her salary was based in a large part on the box office performance of the film. Disney's intentionally induced Marvel's breach of the agreement without justification in order to prevent Miss Johansson from re- realizing the full benefit of her bargaining with Marvel, the suit said. Disney spokesman said Mrs. Johansson's suit had no merit and is especially sad and distressing in its callous disregard for the horrific and prolonged global effects of the COVID-19 pandemic. The company said it fully complied with Mrs. Jo- Ms. Johansson's contract, and furthermore, the release of Black Widow on Disney Plus with Premier Access has significantly enhanced her ability to earn additional compensation on top of the $20 million she received to date. Let's discuss this. Let's, let's wow. stop there. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. That's heavy. Um, so, yeah, this news story broke, what, Thursday? A couple of days ago, yeah. A couple of days ago, and I was shocked to see... You know, I just saw the articles, you know, Scarlet is suing Disney. I'm like, wait, they just came out with a movie together. How, what, what, what happened? Mm. And it was all based on Premiere Access. Yeah. The, the new feature Disney has implemented in which same day movie releases on theaters as well as on Disney Plus. Right. For a fee. And we know this was going to become an issue because we've seen it in the past with Gal Gadot and Wonder Woman 1984. Yep. Getting compensation for not having a movie released in theaters. Right. So 
here we are. This was a long time coming. Yes. We were, this was like, you know, this was like the dam breaking. Like there's been water flowing through this all since last year mm-hmm. when, when HBO Max announced that all of Warner Brothers films are going to be there day one. The Christopher Nolan letter, the Denis Villeneuve letter, the, um, the stuff with The Quiet Place and John Krasinski earlier this year in May. Like this was building and building and building. And I think they were just waiting for someone with enough cachet like Scarlett Johansson to start it. This, I, I, again, I don't mean to make this sound like so huge, but this is going to change a lot. And people are going to look at this moment as the moment that changed how Hollywood works going forward. I think people will see this as like initially they'll see it as, oh, rich people suing rich people. Right. But the context within what's happening here is so much more... Yeah, groundbreaking and earth shattering really to what's going to happen to film down the road. I remember one of the things that we discussed is, does this mean now that future contracts are going to change dramatically for for film stars? Now, does that mean that they will back out of more movies? Like, what what does this mean? This is going to, you know, it's funny when when the box office numbers came out for Disney Plus Premier Access for Mm -hmm. Black Widow, it made, was it 60 million? Something like that. Something like incredibly large like that do you mind fact checking me yeah, on that I do. um it was it was a huge number nothing to nothing to laugh at and people are just like yo premiere access is going to be here to stay this isn't going anywhere and then black widow became the most pirated movie of all time of the year and 60 million and now we're here with a lawsuit and now when we're seeing it i think even more now with with, with trailers and stuff playing exclusively in theaters only in theaters there's a lot of movies that are coming out that aren't getting this PVOD release mm-hmm. at all, right? And I think going forward, this is going to be, um, like you said, on a contract level thing that this either has to go to theaters or they'll get a payout. There'll mm-hmm. be like a, a buyout clause or something mm-hmm. like that, right? right? Um, but this is crazy. What do you think of all this, Anthony? I'm, so, yeah, I was in the same boat. You know, rich people suing rich people. Millionaires suing billionaires. Why do I have any empathy for any of these two? Right. But... Mm-hmm. um. I side with Disney in the sense that I'm worried that they're going to remove Premiere Access and have the quick access to same-day movies on their platform as well as theaters. Right. And that is my... Because at the end of the day, I don't, I'm not making $20 million. Scarlett clearly made quite a bit of money on top of that $20 million. That is not disclosed yet. She was supposed to make $50 million in terms of box of right. residuals. Very, very reminiscent of like Robert Downey Jr. Right. Right. So there's two, two outcomes that could happen. A, studios will now not implement huge box office residuals to the, the, the actor or actress. Or they buy out in terms of we estimate this is how much you would earn as a residual. Right. Or Premier Access or you know, POVD goes straight to, you know, hell and theatrical release for 40 days. And then, but I, 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 even if they do that route, I don't think she'll make as much money because I don't think people want to watch movies in theaters as much as they want to watch, like as much as there is this idea that they, people want to go back to the theaters. Right. I think a lot of, I've talked about quite a lot of people who've watched movies recently and they actually prefer watching at home. Older generation, um, even like um, people my age in their mid-30s, they were like, I would have rather watched Green Knight at home because the theater experience 
wasn't great because of the people around me caused issues. Right. And I think having both at the same time makes sense. Yeah. It's nice. It's nice having an option. I think at the end of the day, an option is always nice. But I also want to make sure, again, because I know we're talking about millions of dollars here. You know, if if someone's promised something in their contract and it's like. They're, I think Disney could have bought they're, her they're, out. In sure, that. you know like they did Gal Gadot. Right, they're like liable to, to, to give that to them, right? Yeah. So again, I know at the end it's like yeah, it's like it's million, it's it's we're talking millions of things that like are, we can't even we understand. can't fathom yeah, like, how much you know. Carl, you made twenty mil, and right? But that's like, that's what I'm surprised at because usually when something like this happens, whenever you see an actor suing a studio, you never see the studio respond. They'll usually say something along the lines of like, oh, we don't comment on ongoing investigations, on ongoing litigation. Right. This time we actually saw Disney basically kind of call out Scarlett saying right. she's paying no regard for the, the pandemic and mm-hmm. she was fairly compensated. Yeah. So we're in a really interesting spot with this. And that's why I'm thinking Disney knows that there is a, a fight, that this fight is going to change the way things go mm-hmm. going forward. And they want this fight because they don't want to p- continuously pay actors and actresses. Right. Box office. This is going to this this is going to set a president going yeah, forward. And right? you can see. Let's talk about the fallout. So Kevin Feige allegedly angry and embarrassed over how Disney is treating Scarlet and wanted theatrical release, uh, theatrical only release. This started a chain reaction. So Gerard Butler sues over Olympus has fallen profits. That was kind of weird. Yeah, <laughs> I, I want my profits. Oh, but speaking of which, I remember this movie I made a few years ago. I want my money back. There was no COVID. <laughs> uh, Emma Stone is looking to sue over Cruella profits. Emily Blunt is looking to sue over Jungle Cruise profits. John Krasinski is looking to sue Paramount over The Quiet Place Part Two profits. So as as we have the floodgates, and that's as open. of right now, and that's as of right now. As of right now, there's a lot more coming, I'm sure, because we've had a year, almost two years, of films coming out to PVOD, mm-hmm. then films that were going to come to theaters, films that their theatrical run got cut short because you know they they released it in theaters and then they went right to PVOD. So there's a lot of money on the table that these actors are seeing that they feel that they're owed, and definitely you know you're owed if if something was promised to you, you're owed it. Yeah, I 100 get it. I get 100. Um. Get that bread. But it's also, you know, we're also looking at the wider, like, for us, selfishly, as like as movie watchers, we're like, oh, no, like, this is going to take away options for people, most yeah. likely, because usually what kind of the way it goes at studios, it's like, okay, we'll do that, but now we're no longer doing this. Correct. You know, so that's where it's, the fallout is going to, if anything, the fallout is going to impact us, the movie watchers more than the right. actual people involved with it, yeah. right? Because so, what's 30 extra million dollars for any of these studios, be it Disney, Amazon, Apple, like that's nothing to them. That's a right. drop in the bucket. But that's the the president going forward. That's going to send a message. Right. I get it. I get it. If I was an actor or actress, I got that in my contract, I would do the same thing. Yeah. But I'm not. And I'm watching this from the outside and you are affecting the, the long-term effects of what these movies can do for me. Right. I'm not making 20 million. You're not making 30 million, 60 million. Not I know yet, the studios no. make a lot of money, but you know, that's a studio that's paying for quite a bit of stuff. Right. It's not just going to a movie. You, you're making as much as it. $20 million is a lot of money. What people may, may not even make in a lifetime. That yeah. much and money, I right? can't be, I can't be angry at a corporation who's also paying for a movie to be made people on the set to make it. Uh, right. You know, Disney, there's a lot of moving Disney attractions, all that. There's a lot of like, it's the infrastructure there. Right. So, it's a it's a hard. But if I go to work and my, and my work tells me, "Hey, we're gonna pay you, you know, fifty bucks at the end of today," and I'm like, "Ah, right, cool." And then I work, and they're like, "Yeah, but no customers came, so I can only give you twenty bucks." And I'm like, 
but you told me you're gonna pay me 50 bucks so why yeah. aren't you gonna pay me that money right well you're not thinking about the customers that didn't come because of covid it's like no you told me i signed up for this specifically because you said this is the money i'm getting give me my money yeah that's i i, I think you're in the you, yeah you're it sucks yeah sucks. i get it but at the same time disney and all these studios they're not small yeah. they, they like, like daniel was saying they can throw that extra 30 out there and I know it's going to suck, but it really shouldn't suck. It really shouldn't come down to us as the consumer at the end of the day mm-hmm. because it is going to affect Disney 0% by giving her an extra $30 million. All it will affect is their pride. So just do it. Just give her the money yeah. and call it a day. So what it, it, maybe, yeah. But what's that going to mean for the next film if they decide to go premier access? And right? that's the thing. Now they have it's, to start setting that precedent from now it's on. It's that ripple effect that's going right. to go, right? It reminds me of that scene in, uh, in Goodfellas where, like, you're, like Henry's just talking about just like oh uh, this happened doesn't matter fuck you pay me that's our one F word for this episode you well, know that's what I mean the thing. Get, I like, doesn't matter it doesn't count though because you were quoting something okay fine fine. I forgot to mention we wa- I wanted to do an episode where we say three F words within so many minutes oh wow oh but that's like that's like, like Halloween have, within 10 minutes of the show <laughs> we get to say three F words and then we get 10 minutes not to say three F words okay and then 10 minutes so we three. have to make a game of how we talk about things yes <laughs> but like we have that. to use the F word in such a way that yeah. it's Classy and, and it's not degrading. Oh, interesting. That, that's a lot of work. Like, like let's it. say, for instance, like it. Uh, in a sense where, you know, a movie came out and you're like, fuck, that movie was great. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. But you can't say. Yeah, but you have to make it classy. So you have to be like, le fuck. This movie is great. <laughs> Bonjour, fuck. Yeah. Also, when I said le fuck, I was saying. Oh, uh, I said it four times already. <laughs> that was, but I was saying it in French. Uh, un this folk episode is, is catching on fire right now. Dang, look at your computer. Joe Pesci is like <laughs> getting mad. <laughs> um, so, okay. My question for you guys. Yeah. What are the, what's the outcome? What do you think will happen in. <sighs> Six months from now, what what is the end oh, result? It, okay, okay. From uh, this? I honestly think so. This is gonna. This is what's gonna happen, in my opinion. They're gonna come to some sort of settlement, mm-hmm. undisclosed settlement, mm-hmm. and we don't see Premier Access for a year. Mm-hmm. I think. I think we'll see an undisclosed settlement in terms of Premier Access. Um, I think we might see it for the odd film, like the ones that don't have big stars in it. But like something, something like Araya and Last Dragon. Yeah, but film. Uh, are, would they not just put that on? Disney Plus at that well, they, point. They didn't for Ryan the Last Dragon, right? But they did that for the Pixar films. For the Pixar, but, but you would animate But you would think Pixar. You you would, you would think, think Pixar would, think, would be premier I, access, but Ryan wouldn't. One hundred percent. Which is why I think for those odd films here and there, they may do that. Um, but I guess you know what? Honestly, at the end of this, we'll just have to see. But definitely a settlement out of court, um, an undisclosed amount. Do you think that you know there has been a lot of uh, we've seen a lot of kind of hullabaloo. With, sorry, the, with the hullabaloo? The blue from the Jungle Book? <laughs> <laughs> with, you know, with Pixar staff, mm-hmm. with their films not going to theaters, right? Which has always Soul kind of bothered me, too. Be and Luca. Do you think some there's some type of... Underground, like... like something building <laughs> out? building? This is literally... This is a damn breaking Yeah, we're, it we're is. Gonna, we're probably going to see a lot more next week. 100%. Of people speaking out and being like, hey, like, where where's my due? Yeah. Right? So... It's going to be really interesting. Do you think we're going to see an underground Pixar like lawsuit come out of nowhere? No. Okay. I don't think so. All right. But I do think I do think actors and actresses they're setting themselves up for um failure in the sense that in the future they will not be included with box office residuals. I think studios will just make that. And what are, what are they going to what are these what are they going to do? 
Okay, you're not going to start in a Disney film. That's your bad. I, I will right. find someone who will. You are disposable. That's how I look at it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's just me looking at it as... Like as numbers and as yeah. numbers, yeah. Disney, they don't care. Dude, they have no names in, in their Shang-Chi film. You think everyone's getting residuals of that box office? Like Dude. Scarlet? No. No. And, and, that's, and that's what's interesting, though, because I, I, like Kevin Feige right now, um, again... If I, he, he, Kevin Feige is going to be fine, but I'm also looking at it like Marvel Studios has always been one that whenever, you know, controversy arises with them, it was always something that it was like, oh, uh, this per- who's no longer part of the show, like they're a, a permulator, whatever his name is from Marvel. Oh, I permulator. Yeah. Ike was like, oh, this, like he was trying to do this and he didn't like female characters because they don't sell toys and. We wanted to control this. So those are always the controversies. It was never surrounding something with Kevin Feige. And now Kevin Feige's name is being thrown out everywhere saying that he's angry and embarrassed. So like now there's going to be a little bit of a riff there. Mm -hmm. So you're just like, man, like, like don't, don't mess with a good thing right now. Almost. You know what I mean? Like I'm not, I'm not saying Scarlett don't mess with a good thing. I'm just like the world right now. Like don't, don't ruin this for Mm -hmm. like what we have going on right now with Marvel. And Mm -hmm. I also, I also think don't bite the hand that feeds you in the sense as well. Like, Everyone who's been part of this Marvel universe has been successful beyond right. means, and even there's springboards. To they can literally yeah, retire right? now, and they'll be fine. Yeah. So, I, I'm, I, I as a, if I was an actor, yeah, I, I get it. It's so hard. It's such a difficult decision yeah. to sue a company that's been feeding you for so long and who's put you on such a pedestal um, in the world right now. It's tough. It's tough. Yeah, this is a big one, and I'm excited to see what happens with this moving forward. It's just the beginning. It's just the beginning. Just the beginning. Okay, second news story of the week. Lucasfilm hired the YouTuber who used deepfakes to tweak Luke Skywalker in the Mandalorian VFX, and this is coming from Zach Sharaf of IndieWire. YouTube is full of deepfake videos that attempt to improve on polarizing visual effects in movies. Rarely do these videos lead to actual studio jobs. A popular deepfake YouTuber who goes by the name Shamook announced this month in, his, in the comments section of one of his videos that he joined the team over at Lucasfilm Industrial Light and Magic as a senior facial capture artist. Shamook released his Mandalorian Luke Skywalker deepfake video on December 21st after completing work on the clip in just four days. While many Star Wars fans were delighted to see young Luke Skywalker pop up in the Mandalorian Season 2 finale, the final VFX heavy look of the character drew criticism. So I'm going to start with uh, Shay here. How do you feel about a deepfake artist being hired by Disney to spice up their VFX facial captures? Yeah. um, When you, you know, this is an interesting position because to people, deepfakes are always seen as this, um, not like an enemy, but this this controversial element that's sure. out there. But it is still a form of art, you know? Like, you're still looking at it as there is still some sort of design element being placed in there. I am all for people being hired out of nowhere for their talents. I'm totally here for mm-hmm. that. When people get recognition through something viral that occurs and someone big notices them, that's that's the dream, right? That's what people want to do. Um, his video was, was fantastic. It looked great. Now, did the... So Luke Skywalker that we saw initially look a little wonky. Yeah, it was the eyes. We talked about it. You know, yeah, it's always you, in the eyes. You can kind of see there's a little bit of that that look there. Um, 
So this is awesome. I think this is a great step for Shamuk, and I hope that they have a lot of success and they bring a lot of their talents. This is something that we need to start seeing more of, people being highlighted for their efforts and for the work that they do. And again, I know deepfakes, controversial topic. I think just more also just because traditionally how we've seen deepfakes being used in the past is for um, negative things. Negative things, spreading false information right. or putting celebrities' face on porn. We've seen that traditionally done, but I think in Shamuk's case, what's what's really cool, two things this tells me that like, well, actually, first of all, he's actually like a, a researcher. He's actually somebody who is yeah. trained and writes essays on the work that he does because we've seen a bunch of his videos. Like yep. he's done, you know, the Luke Skywalker one, yes, for the Mandalorian, but he's he's done so many convincing deep fakes where he's put like Mel Gibson on Tom Hardy and Fury Road and mm-hmm. Chris Pratt and Indiana Jones. Like there's, and they're, they look amazing. They mm-hmm. look so convincing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an area that uh, this tells me that, you know, we're probably going to see a lot more of Disney's older characters started, coming back in projects. So. Yeah. Right. And ILM isn't exclusive just to star Wars. Obviously they work on pretty much every single movie with, with, with special effects on them. So we're going to see this, this technology improve across the board in all movies. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, this is this was really cool. Like it was, it's cool to see that this happened. And he also put out a statement saying, "Yeah, I'm still going to be working on my own videos still too. They'll just come out a little, like, not as frequent, but good for him. That's awesome." Yeah, the That's way awesome. I, the way I look at it is like very similar to how the government hires you know hackers mm-hmm. who who have hacked their system, bring them into the fold because they're really good at what they do. Um, with with this deepfake, yes, deepfakes can be used in such a like a, a very scary situation right especially with news stories and all sorts of stuff is but, this real or is it not but real? in this case it works because his vfx for a deep fake like this works so well because it it makes his and we'll use uh, luke's voice uh, luke's face so convincing compared to and this could be the transcending of how we can get that that realistic VFX look from a from a person who is not that age anymore or who has passed on in a movie. Yeah, because that uncanny uncanny valley cannot be solved, but this is the solving of that issue. Yeah, it's it's definitely going to help with it, right? Yeah. Look look at a film like The Irishman. Yeah, right. Maybe like, they can bring Paul Walker in uh, Fast Ten, may, Fast, you, Fast you, Eleven. I I I have a weird feeling that we will see Paul Walker in the series before it wraps up i think so i think if the family's okay with it yeah 100 percent. i feel like they're gonna we're gonna see him in some capacity probably yeah. maybe not in the next one fast 11 but in fast 11 when the, the, the everything's wrapping up i feel like they're gonna show him in it he's just gonna have like a bunch of babies in his hand yeah because he's always guys, I've been babysitting, babysitting. <laughs> <laughs> guys let me know next time you go on a world trotting adventure yeah. um but yeah i i'm all for this i love when people are picked out for their art yeah and brought in and this is really cool because i think this technology again like like you said i think put this use use your skills for good like you could do a lot of really cool stuff with this and yeah. uh, again if, if as long as everybody's cool with it as long as mark hamill's cool with like you know what yeah go ahead and use young luke i'm down for it like yeah. then then we're good right yeah. we're not as as long as we're not doing it without people's permission right yeah. right okay Netflix film chief wants to release Christopher Nolan's next movie, and this is coming from Adam Chitwood of Collider. Back in 2017, lauded filmmaker Christopher Nolan adamantly stated that he'd never make a movie for Netflix, calling the streaming service date and date release strategy mindless. 
But a lot has changed in four years, and Netflix film chief Scott Stuber says he's angling to release Nolan's next movie. Nolan apologized for his comments back in 2017, saying he should have been more <laughs> polite, but stood by his assertion that the day and date release strategy, releasing a movie on streaming and in theaters on the same day was not for him. Of course, just last year, Nolan's home studio, Warner Brothers, did just that, announcing that every 2021 WB new release would hit HBO Max and theaters on the same day. Remember Christopher Nolan's letter about HBO Max? In a new profile piece over at Variety, Stuber says he's going to make he's going to work hard to convince Nolan to make his next film at Netflix. If and when he comes up with his new movie, it's about can we be a home for it and what would we need to do to make it happen? He's an incredible filmmaker. I'm going to I'm going to do everything I can. In this business, I've learned you need to have zero ego. I get punched and knocked down and get back up. I admire <laughs> um, Scott for his ambition to get Scott Stuber, Christopher, and I am and admire his his that comment. It's not like go with that go without ego. Yeah, I really talk to him and say this is why you know this strategy works for us and why we want you to be part of Netflix for your next film. I I'm I I don't know if. I don't think Christopher Nolan's going to change his mind about it, but I think it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to be day and date, but it's definitely. I honestly believe that when you look, if 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 Chris really wants to give the middle finger to WB, mm-hmm. he's going to go to their biggest competitor. Mm-hmm. Who everybody's biggest competitor right now is Netflix. Mm-hmm. Look who signed with Netflix in the last year. Zack Snyder just signed a first look deal. Steven Spielberg signed a first look deal. Noah Baumbach signed a first look deal. Um, David Fincher signed a first look deal. Huge filmmakers always. Alfred Hitchcock, you know, <laughs> from the bring grave. Bring him back. Bring him back. Huge people, and and that's just in the last couple of months that have signed with Netflix. Netflix gave Army of the Dead a theatrical only release for a couple of weeks, so it's not out of the realm of possibilities of Netflix promising Nolan, "Hey, first month theatrical only. We want to. We want. We see the value of releasing in theaters and then putting it online for people to watch." And Netflix has the money to be to give him a blank check and be like, Christopher Nolan, do whatever you want. And that's what Netflix is becoming. Martin Scorsese got to make The Irishman, a movie that probably the budget was re- probably way over $300 million mm. to do. That all a film that deep faking. With all the deep faking. And not a lot of people watched it. Yeah. But they let him do it. Look yeah. at The Five Bloods with Spike. With like Spike Lee made that. Mm-hmm. A huge movie mm-hmm. on Netflix. I honestly think that if Netflix is serious, if they get Christopher Nolan, that is going to be insane. They're going to they're going to literally rise to the top so click quick with that Chris Nolan name attached to it. Like that's all they need right now at this point. Like they have they have the Infinity Stones right now yeah. going on. They're just waiting to get Chris Nolan and then that's it. Because they, I can totally see them do a do a month, month and a half of just in theaters and then Right on Netflix. Thirty days on thirty days in theaters. Totally, and then on totally. They'll do it for him. Why wouldn't they? They have nothing to lose. They have absolutely nothing to lose. They would totally do it for him because at the end of the day, it's still Chris Nolan. Yeah. And if Chris Nolan is okay with that, like thirty days in theaters and then on your service, why would he say no? But Christopher, we know Christopher Nolan has his own ego. Oh, 100 percent. And that's that, that's the overcoming of it. It's 
You know, here's a guy he's playing Fortnite now. Yeah. So I think he's changing his ways, you know? <laughs> I still don't understand how that happened. It's so funny. It's um, so funny. Here's a guy who, you know, doesn't have a phone. Doesn't have a phone, doesn't shoot digital. Wait, how, what's streaming? <laughs> he's very adamant about theaters. He's, he's like, looking at Netflix like, oh, so where I get the DVD sent to me? And they're like, no, we don't do that anymore. Right. So I'm just wondering, does Christopher Nolan drop that ego of his and work with this company? But I could also see him if he's doing some. Maybe he makes something exclusively for Netflix, because you know Netflix now experiments with like different endings and stuff like that, where it's more interactive. And I could hundred percent see Nolan, if it's not something he makes for theaters, I could see him making a project that incorporates that technology. Like I, I honestly feel like whatever Nolan does next, he's he eventually is going to work with a streamer, or I think it's going to be Netflix, because they're they want him, and I think they'll throw. I think any studio would want to have a Christopher Nolan under their belt, mm-hmm. right? And I'd love for Apple to do it, but I mean, that's also just thinking wild. I don't, I also don't expect Apple to do it. No, but I, but I'm, I'm just really, really curious to see what's going to happen with this, but I could see it happening, especially after what happened with Tenet and then the whole, the letter that he wrote about Warner Brothers and basically saying that HBO Max is the worst streaming service. Mm. Like, I don't think they're in a great place right now relationship wise yeah so i'm really curious to see again we're in uncharted waters right now so it's really exciting to like obviously with the scarlet stuff and then with this happening with netflix and nolan and streaming services like we're in a really interesting pivot of time where again we're going to look back these these last couple years and be like this is what changed everything going forward right this is gonna be crazy if this happens that will be monolithic do you think Christopher Nolan's next film will be time-based. I think it will tell the story non-linearly. I think, I think there is no time like Christopher Nolan time. That's Man. it. <laughs> I think, yeah, I want more of a thriller from him. No more time. Oh, I want another no more thriller. Time. I want like another insomnia. Yeah. Yeah, that premiered yeah. also, uh, I think, but 20 better. years ago today. Really? At, but, uh, but what did you say about what? But better. Like, oh, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. With what but, he but can more do more now. mature. Yeah. Right. I mean, he, that was like one of his early films. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Or even if I look at like, you know, I look at like obviously the Dark Knight trilogy. It's still very straightforward, very straightforward. In, in the storytelling. Grounded for sure. Uh, Dunkirk had different different storytelling technique, but it was still Interstellar was mm-hmm. another one. It involved time, but still was a linear story. Yeah. It was really Tenet that was just like, let's just go crazy. Bad shit crazy. Or a sequel to Interstellar. Interesting. I don't, I don't think, I don't know. Do you think we'll get a Nolan sequel? Obviously not counting the Dark Knight. Franchise. What if we get an Inception sequel? Deception. A Deception? <laughs> Deception. <laughs> oh, because you could, I, Tenet feels like it could exist in the world of Inception. Yeah. Yes. You know, it feels like it could. Yeah. It you could. know? I, I just want to see Interstellar again. Yeah. I wonder. I wonder Let's when. Watch it right now. Let's pause the show. Pause the show. We'll right put it on in the background. When do you guys think the next Christopher Nolan film is going to come out, though? Oh. Two years. You think two years from today we'll have a new Nolan? Two, you think in twenty twenty three? Two to three years. Yeah. Okay. But I want you to commit to a year, though. Twenty twenty three or twenty twenty four. Three. Twenty twenty three. Okay. Yeah. I I concur. Twenty twenty three. I'm going to say twenty twenty three as well. Yeah. All three of us. All right. Uh, that's three for three. Uh, Siri, remind me in three years. <laughs> is Christopher Nolan's movie out yet? <laughs> okay, let's move on to some more Netflix news. So Netflix to require COVID vaccinations for actors and other personnel on its U.S. productions. And this is coming from Nellie Andrevia of Deadline. 
Netflix has become the first major Hollywood studio to implement a blanket policy mandating vaccinations for the cast of all its U.S. productions, as well as those who come into contact with them on set. I hear the streamer just informed its production teams and partners that it will be requiring vaccinations for everyone working in Zone A, which consists of the actors and those who come in close proximity to them. The new return to work protocols agreed upon by the Hollywood unions and major studios last week give producers the option to implement mandatory vaccination policies for cast and crew in Zone A on a production-by-production basis. I hear the streamer aims to keep exceptions very rare, limited to medical, religious, age reasons, and possibly in a few cases for the series and films that are already in production. Netflix, Netflix's decision comes amid a fourth COVID wave in the U.S. fueled by the highly contagious Delta virus variant. Deadline revealed last week that actor and activist Sean Penn won't return to work on Gaslit until everyone on the production has been vaccinated for the virus. That's that's huge news because Netflix is again said well Netflix is setting the precedent for big corporations to implement um, protocols not just for Hollywood but for just anyone who's in a situation and I think this is going to be a chain reaction throughout everyone's Mm -hmm. you know big company wise to implement mandatory vaccinations and it's scary too because there are going to be people who are going to be can be against this 100 percent. there's gonna be a lot of people against it it's scary like again when the way we've been looking at vaccinations and things like that throughout the last couple years sounds a lot more dystopian than i think it is i mean we've always had to deal with you know it's not like oh where's your vaccination proof no it's just your medical records yeah it's the same as going to school and having you're required mm-hmm. to have certain shots before you go to school right. box, there's there's nothing new here but it definitely sounds scarier. Like, yo, like they require COVID vaccinations. That sounds scary. But then you're just like, oh, no, it's just another shot you get to prevent you from getting something. Mm-hmm. That's why we don't have like COVID. I mean, COVID. We don't have chicken pox. Chicken pox. Or like we don't have uh, the, the Spanish flu. The Spanish flu or like whatever. What was the other? The mumps. You know, like just something. Mm, that was a band, I believe. You know what I mean? Like there's it's just another thing that you get. I thought to, that was on the Simpsons only. No, the yeah. mumps, mumps, mumps are real. The mumps are real. Mumps, mumps are real. The oh. mums are a band and the mumps are real. Yeah. And the Muppets, they're also Wait, real. Wait, Muppets are real as well. Too. Have you guys had have had the chicken pox? I had the chicken pox. I don't know if I had the chicken pox or I had the vaccine for the chicken pox. I just remember there was a, like. But do you get con- a vaccine for chicken pox now? Yeah, you can get a vaccine for chicken pox. I didn't know that. I didn't, was there one when we were younger? Yeah, there was, uh, there, I was got, an, there was a vaccine. Because I feel like once you have the chicken pox, you don't get the chicken pox no, again. I, I yes, got yes. all my vaccines, but I still got the chicken pox. Yeah, I still got well, the chicken pox. Well, that's how it got eradicated, right? Because of the vaccine. I don't know. Like, it just can't disappear, right? Yeah. Yeah, there's two doses of chicken pox vaccine for children, adolescents, and adults. I wonder when that started, though. Did you get one for? Chicken? I can't remember if I had chicken pox or if I had. The I vaccine. definitely. I remember having chicken pox. A hundred percent. You had the chicken pox. Yeah. yeah, you guys look like chicken poxers. I enjoyed it because I was at <laughs> home. It was you just enjoyed it, chicken pox. Yeah, it was just itchy. It, it was very like, itchy. I, I had hives like, once, but that's not the same thing. That, that's not even close. No, to the same thing. Not even close. <laughs> but actually, kind of close. It was itchy. Yeah. We live in a different world now. We do. We live in a world where you know social media is huge. Yeah. And social. Um, I think it's just the social divide right now. Yeah. It's like you're it's there's no like it feels very again, and even though there is, it feels very right now where it's like there's no middle ground. It's either you're left or, or you're right. right. You're either a you either full on, you know, like give me the vaccine so I can be safe or don't even come near me or talk to me about COVID because it's it's a pandemic. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know? So it's like, it feels very loud on both sides right now. And there are situations where I personally, and this is me personally talking to you, find myself in the middle. Do I want sure. to have another vaccine in my body? What are the, what are the implementation, like the implications in the future? Because you, know, you, you could go on CNN and watch all the good things that this, this vaccine can do, but then they have commercials on <laughs> pills that, that, you know, lower your cholesterol and has been tested over 10 years, yeah. but can cause, you know, Ask your, brain... tell your doctor if you are dead. Yeah. And you're bleeding from oh. the eyes and I'm like, Oh yeah. yeah. It's, it's a, it's a, in, and I, I find myself in the middle like, yes, I want to get vaccinated, but do I want someone to force me to get vaccinated? Should I be forced? Like, I want to get living... it. Don't tell me you, I need to get it. You know, you know, right. I, it's, it, and I, that's how I find myself sure. in situations. No, that's fair. I mean, I think a, a lot of, I mean, like when we were younger and we were kids, um, it didn't matter. It was just like, you're going to go get a vaccine and yeah. that's it. Um, now, with the way things are and how the media has skewed a lot of these things and how some people who shouldn't have louder voices have louder voices, they've really started to change things around. And I think it sucks because all I just want is this shit to be eradicated so that we can move on in life. Um, but again, there will be the people that say, no, don't put your needle in me. I'm going to do my heroin. I'll be fine. So it's like, mm-hmm. oh, it's weird. <laughs> also, the chickenpox vaccine was 95. So Interesting. Yeah. yeah, I guess I missed that one. Yeah, maybe you missed I, it. I think I, I got it in 95 or 96. I think 95 I got it. You got the, the box? The box. You got so, the yeah. box. C-box, I believe they C-box. called it back then. <laughs> yeah. and they partnered with oh, that, that, K-Pax, that K-Pax when that came out? Yeah, C-Pax. That's funny. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this is interesting. I, I'm curious to see if any other s- studios are going to follow suit with this. We know Disney just announced that they're going to require all their staff members. And Walmart. Uh, and Walmart, that they need to be vaccinated in order to work. And a lot of companies are going to start going forward and say, no, you got to be vaccinated. And I get it. It totally makes sense. Like, you don't want people to get sick. You don't want any more unnecessary things like this to occur. So, Risks yeah, get it. it, get it done and get it out of here. Now, what happens when you say no? That is, I'm, sh- I'm sure they're gonna be like, you're fired. Yeah, but is can that you? Con- I don't know if and then you're opening. I don't think you could be fired for. Well, if not they're saying if they're saying you have to have it, I think anybody can, who wants to have do. had the vaccine right. at this point most likely would have tried to get it already. Totally. Yeah. Again, that's just me generalizing, but it's also like they did say they will have exceptions, medical, religious, age reasons, and possibly a few cases for series of films that are already in production. So. Are there religious reasons to not get vaccines? Yeah. There, yeah. Are, there are people who are like, oh, it's against my religion. Not, it's not. But that's the thing, oh, right? Because science and stuff. So oh. that's, that's where people can make their case. And I don't think they're also going to pull in a thread because you don't want to open up yourself to a lawsuit of like, being, oh, you're going against somebody's religion. Because that's in a whole oh, other no, story. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. So there's, yeah. there's a, it's a lot. It's a lot. I'm glad Netflix is taking that first step. Again, they're usually the ones leading in a lot of different aspects of mm-hmm. Can't wait Making things for down. Netflix to open in Ontario. I can't They're wait for. Close. They're already hiring now. So if you're on LinkedIn, go ahead and apply for Netflix. I can't There's wait. There's only like five positions there. <laughs> really? Yeah. And they're all just corporate Netflix. Canada. No, it's like it's like the tax and um like two like just um admin positions and like one like talent one. So it's really not much. Oh, okay. I think they were only looking to hire 15 in total. So there's they're probably already done the other ones. Now it's just the last five. I'm curious now to see if. Christopher Nolan requires COVID vaccinations on his next. This film. is next film. It's going to be about. It's about the pandemic. Christopher Nolan takes because it's science, and he he's a practical man. Like he can't. I think he likes science. science in, 
Like, you can't put science. Yeah, I think you like science. You think? I feel. Jeez, I don't know, man. This guy does not like guy. computers. So yeah, but, computers but are used for computers science. Him, though, but yeah. I think I, I think I think he likes. <laughs> files he doesn't. So he likes science. He doesn't like technology. That's the difference. He's gonna look at how That's, was this? How was this vaccine made with computer? No. No, <laughs> <laughs> sir. Uh, we have to edit this film on a computer. Yeah, no, sir. Uh, Christopher Nolan, you actually have to book using your phone. A phone? A phone. <laughs> no. Uh, how am I going to use my rotary phone to book this? You don't use a rotary. But there's phone. a number you can call too. I'm like, yeah, but my wife's on the house phone. You have the house phone? <laughs> One sec. My son's on the internet. Give me, give me a few minutes. We just got dial up. Yeah. What? A, again, we we were off last week. So what a incredible group of stories that we came back to. Yeah. Was, and they 100%. all happened, I feel like, in the last, like, four days. Yeah. Yeah. Let's move on to some quick updates. I'm going to throw it to Shay for, for a quick update. Bonjour. The Halloween team of director David Gordon Green and producer Jason Blum are joining three new Exorcist films for Universal. Leslie Odom Jr. will star alongside the original Exorcist star, Ellen Burstyn. The first Exorcist film previously confirmed to be a direct sequel to the original will arrive in 2023 that i might that might be nolan's next movie that might be nolan's next movie yeah <laughs> however it seems the second two films could debut on peacock oh it's not gonna be nolan's next film no. though <laughs> very weird very weird decision to make it on peacock yeah. but uh, yeah we'll talk about that in a minute here hawkeye the premiere on disney plus november 24th so that's cool we're looking at finally probably getting the last show from Disney Plus, MCU wise, this year. Yeah. So you think Miss Marvel's gonna be pushed? So- I think I, I I can see a January date for Miss Marvel. Yeah. yeah. Take, do it one division. It makes last sense, year, you know? know. I mean, like if it's what six episodes for November twenty fourth, you're gonna lead us into let's just say hypothetically six yeah. episodes. We don't know. Uh, lead us into January anyways, right? Right. And I can't see them airing at the same time as What If, or right. and by the time What If ends, it's gonna be October, so it's gonna be like. I can't see them doing back to back to back no. to back. So no. most likely January for yeah. Miss Marvel. Taika Waititi is now writing a live action Flash Gordon movie. I feel like we've heard about this before, but they they keep bringing it. It, up. it was animated before. Now it was it's animated. Live okay, that's my bad. Netflix shifts the Anadair Moss Marilyn Monroe biopic Blonde to 2022. Disney's The Haunted Mansion cast Lakeith Stanfield and Tiffany Haddish. Clifford, the big red dog, pulled off the schedule over the Delta concerns. Just as we get into TIFF as well. Now it's probably not going to be a TIFF. I hope it still will be, though. Come on. Bob Odenkirk is in a stable condition after experiencing a heart-related incident on the set of Better Call Saul. Now, from all these quick updates, let's talk about me one or two of them. Which one do you guys really sit out? The Bob Odenkirk stuff was really scary this week. Very scary. Because, you know, we heard the news. TMZ broke the news saying, hey... He collapsed on set. He was taken to the hospital. Then we didn't hear anything for like a day and a half. It felt like that. Yeah. It might have been actually. Yeah, I think it was. And then and then we heard the statement. His son made a statement and, you know, Bob said a statement to on Twitter saying, you know, I'm okay. Be thankful for everyone who's helped me out. Um, so thank God. I love Bob Odenkirk. Yeah. So it's just nice to see. Um, I'm really excited about the, the Exorcist sequels, even mm-hmm. though like I don't have a particular huge love for the original Exorcist film, but the fact that they're doing it in the same vein as the Halloween movies where like Let's make a direct sequel to the first one that's so beloved. Let's ignore everything else that's come afterwards. Hopefully they could do something really cool with it. Yeah. There was a direct sequel to The Exorcist. Though, there was. Yeah. With Linda Blair. There's which I find two like, they did. No. So how do they, did they just cancel that out? Yeah. No, but that's what I'm saying. It's like Halloween where they don't, like, they're, it's a direct sequel, not counting the other sequels, right? Right. They're well, like, re- like really just rewriting them. Yeah, they're like, ha- like pushing the, them aside. Like the new Halloween film from 2018 was a sequel to, to Halloween 1978. Right. Or and they didn't count Forgetting anything about that Halloween 2, Halloween 3, 3 4, 5, 19, 18, yeah, all those. Michael goes to camp. 
Michael goes again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for me, it's super excited for Exorcist film. It's super excited that Ellen uh, Burstyn is back. Yeah. As, yeah, I, really I don't know cool. what in what capacity if she is going to play the same character. Um, love that Leslie Oldham Jr. is in She's it. She's playing the same character, yeah. Uh, is she? Oh, dope. That's amazing. Linda Blair is not back. I don't think so. Oh, I, well, I doubt it because she'd be... I mean, again, I don't know. Ellen Burstyn's back. Yeah, but I don't know how they're doing this. That's true. I don't know how they're doing this. That's weird. I was just thinking about that. I'm like, wait. Do you think Leslie is, uh, you know, the one? It was. It was the one who's, uh, you know, possessed. Leslie Odom Jr. Yeah. Or is he a priest? Or is he? Or is he a singer? He just sings at the exorcist. (laughs) He just sings the exorcist. Get out of here, demons! (laughs) So, according to the New York Times, uh, uh, Odom Jr. will play the father of a possessed child who seeks help from Burstyn's character. Yeah. So more possessed children coming your way. You know how you get help. You just throw yourself out that window. (laughs) (laughs) Fall down those stairs. Have you ever been to those stairs? I've been to those stairs. No. Where where, where are they? They're in Washington. Oh. So those stairs are in Washington, D.C., in Georgetown, right in the, like, we'll say the the small, you know, there's D.C. and then there's the small city of Georgetown. Right. You know, Georgetown Hoyas, Georgetown. Yeah, university. yeah. Yeah, university there. So those stairs are there. I've climbed those stairs. Fucking sorry. That's what. Oh, the fourth, I think that's like eight or nine. One, that man. is a, a lot of stairs. It, I see people like they, they work out on those stairs. Did they you go feel up possessed? and down. When I threw myself out the window? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you did. Okay. I just, I, I was possessed to, you know, get down the stairs. You wanted, to, but I'm, no, it's, it's cool. Again, like I think horror films right now are in a really cool spot where I feel not that they weren't, I, I, you know, I think, you know what it is? I think we went from a period of like 2000, 2010. Or even 2015, 16, that it was just 15 years of just jump scare like garbage for so long. And again, mm. I'm not that's that's me generalizing that there's like, a lot of good that cheap came out. Horror films. There was just a lot of cheap, just MTV movie award feeling movies that were just mm-hmm. like this. They're always PG-13, you know. You know, like it just felt like I didn't grow up with like a great the amount knife of man. You know, the knife man. You know, <laughs> he comes with a knife and leaves with your soul. You know, it's just it was so it was such a long time of movies like that. But now we're in a spot where like especially what you see what A24 has done, where it's like, it's just not, it's not enough to just to do a jump scare film anymore. Mm-hmm. You, there's got to be more to it. Hey, give me the dread. You know, no, give me that, that feeling of dread. Give me that fear. Give me that, like, yo, this is going to ruin my day. We have two films coming out this year, which is Candyman and Halloween. Candyman's going to be... Kills. Kills. A, which, a few weeks. Yeah. And they're rebranding that horror element. Um, and I, I wish they had the same thing with Chucky. So I think yeah. Chucky. There's a new, a new show, show starting too. There's a new show which looks interesting. I yeah. saw the trailer, but I felt the movie that they did was not. Did you watch the new movie? I saw a little bit of it. I with... think it's on Prime. Yeah, yeah. with Mark Hamill as the voice of Chucky. Yeah, and I just didn't connect with it, and it wasn't scary. Yeah, yeah. the original the, ones were. The TV scary. show looks very similar to the show, but scarier. Right. Yeah. So we'll we'll see. I mean, luckily, like we don't have too long to wait. 2023. We'll yeah. still be around, I think. Hopefully, hopefully. knock on wood. Knock on. Well, you have no wood in this room, uh, except desk, over here. The desk. Um, but yeah, Hawkeye in November. I think that's really cool. That's going to lead right into December, right into Spider Man. Florence Pugh is most likely going to show up Arachnid in that as well boy. too. So, more. I'm down for more of Florence Pugh and everything. Cool, cool, cool. Let's move on to trailers. 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 We have a shit ton of trailers. <laughs> a lot. Two weeks of, worth. Shit, a lot of good shit, shit trailers. Is not a bad word. No, it's not. Mierda. Mierda. You're welcome. 
Let's talk about the trailers. I'm going to go through them, and then we'll pick the ones that we like. Love it. Because there's a lot of good there's trailers. a lot of trailers. House of Gucci. Ghostbusters Afterlife. Brooklyn Nine-Nine Season 8. C Season 2. King Richard. Lamb. Army of Thieves. Dune. Vacation Friends. The Car Counter. And The Last Duel. There's quite a bit of movies on here. There are. Really good movies on here. A lot here. of big movies, yeah. Yeah, really big. I think everything on this list we're going to see. Yes. Yeah. Which is interesting. Let's start off with House of Gucci. And we'll make our way down. In the name of the Father, the, the Son, and the and House, House of Gucci. Gucci. What did you guys think? I'm, uh, yeah. I'm excited for it. You yeah. know, Ridley Scott, Adam Driver, Lady Gaga, yeah. um, uh, Jared Leto. Jared Leto. It's a Jeremy Irons, you know. It's and Gucci and uh, Al Pacino. Al Pacino. Yeah. It's a great Gucci. This is Gucci Mane. This, this movie is one of those like award season. I wonder if it's going to premiere at TIFF or get some sort of screening. It at felt TIFF. like it. It, feel, it feels that like feels a like an, an awards like as yeah. movie. It looks really good. Yeah, I relate to it because a I'm Italian. Gucci is part of like my heritage growing up and knowing about it and knowing that family. Also. Um, it, I connect with it because it's all taking place in the 80s. In the 80s, for me, no matter what the movie is, I will watch. No matter. Brings you into it. Brings me into it. But everything, like the cast, what I've seen, looks good. I just don't hope it's one of those Ridley Scott films where it's a hit. It's a miss. Right. You, know? <laughs> you don't want it to be good. <laughs> you know, I, I want it to be good. I just yeah. don't. Because he has two movies this year. He has two movies on this list. <laughs> on this list. So he, one of them is going to be a miss. And one of them is going to be a hit. I okay. think House of Gucci is going to be the hit. Yeah. And I think The Last Duel is going to be the miss. But I don't want The Last Duel to be a miss because it's written by Matt Ben Affleck da- and Ben Matt right. Damon. And someone else, too. There's yeah. a female. female she, writer, she wrote female the female writer. perspectives. Yeah. I'm, yes. I feel so bad. I don't remember her name. I'll, right I'll look She will get the name don't for worry, that. I'll get up. Um, but yeah, other than that, yeah, House of Gucci looks great. Uh, just rapid fire for me. Ghostbusters. I, don't, I didn't need another Ghostbusters trailer. This one didn't do anything more for me than the first one did. No. It gave me like the chills. Like, right. oh, I can't wait. But... Give me the friggin' movie. No, and, and that's the thing. I don't mean that as a bad thing. I mean it just like, man, I just can't wait to see this movie now. It gave me like the same feeling. It gave me very much like they're really making Ghostbusters feel like The Force Awakens or Jurassic World, where it's just like, yes. Even though Ghostbusters wasn't originally like those type of like grander universe movies, but I love that we're treating it with like the respect, right? Like that, right? The and writer I, is Nicole Holofcener. That's it. Holofcener. Um, so I'm like so excited for Ghostbusters. Obviously, Brooklyn Nine Nine. See season two. I haven't seen season one yet. Let's really let's let's quickly talk about the card counter in that trailer because I that, don't want to. That trailer <laughs> was something. Like I I genuinely thought I went into a time machine and came out of my own asshole. Um, into what year? The though? time machine. I didn't really go through a year though. That's the worst part about it. I just went through myself. Interesting. Um, because so you're wow, saying you didn't like it. Not a fan. Not a big fan of this trailer because it looked really cheesy. It looked like a, a trailer I would see in a movie parodying a movie. Mm-hmm. Yes, I get that. I see that. Not a good trailer. Yeah, it feels Not like a, a movie trailer. right out, out of time. Like, I, I literally, I, when I was putting this list on, I'm like, what was that movie? I'm like, oh, yeah, it was the Oscar the Isaac Counter one. Carter. Which is, <laughs> which is so upsetting because, like, I love Oscar Isaac. Oh, yeah, I mm-hmm. love so, Oscar Isaac. Um, the last Duel trailer, Ridley Scott as well, I wasn't a fan of just the editing squares. of it like there's like the weird squares that are in it mm-hmm. also yeah. another one that him he's working with adam driver on yeah they're both in yeah. it i, was, I actually kind of liked that trailer and the, and the reason why i liked it was it kind of gave me vibes of the born legacy trailer like how you know 
he's being interrogated and like the squares are going above his face and like they're kind of covering it and yeah. right. showing up. But I feel like that works because that's more of an espionage type movie where this yeah, is like this is a medieval movie. But though. we don't know. There's some espionage involved. I get it. It just it just didn't it just didn't work for me. Fair enough, I, but the movie itself I think looks good. No, yes. It just the trailer itself like. The trailer was good, but if you took out those those weird black squares, I think you would have been fine. Like I don't think they added anything. But I don't to think it. it would have been as memorable. I remembered it because I didn't like it though. Right, but the thing is that's that's the thing. It's still it's still a point of conversation, right? Right, but I also don't think this is a movie that people are thinking about. No, either, no, no, know? I don't think anyone's thinking. I think about everybody basketball. like with this trailer dropped and like it was kind of just like crickets on the yeah, internet. Yeah, Kazuguchi, no, sure. I haven't stopped seeing for the last twenty four hours. But also, but House been. Gucci is like it's like Gucci, you know. No, like you want to see it I because get, of the uh, But I'm name just saying, like the, in terms of like Lady Gaga, it's a it's a much stronger cast. So you will see more. No, but I get it. But it's also like still really Scott movie, and people are still regardless talking about it. Like I would I would have thought that at least the last duel with Ben Affleck, no, Matt Damon, I would Adam Driver. That. It's it's medieval. Like at the end of the day, like it's like the Green Knight right now is is capitalizing on the medieval look. Like sure, people are gonna be like, I don't really care about last duel. But right I now. but I mean like no one's talking about the last duel. And like, I, th- we're, I, well, we're I heard still about it like, like when it like when it dropped. Like yeah. people were talking about it for that twenty four hour period. But yes, of course. Again, like I said, Green Knight now. I, I hope I hope it's, it's it's capitalizing on the sure. medieval market. I just right? hope that the last duel is good. Oh, I hope so. I because hope so for too, every I, other than the paneling, I did like the trailer. Me too. And I like the story that it was telling. I'm like, oh, cool. Me too. Like, yeah. I I know this was a movie that was supposed to be Matt Damien and Ben Affleck, but Ben Affleck stepped down and took a lesser role. To, yeah. And Adam Driver mm-hmm. is now the the main protagonist of the yeah. antagonist. And and it's interesting because it's like the the plot of the story is basically like, you know, uh, a woman was raped by somebody, mm-hmm. and it's basically like a he said, she said in the medieval era. In the medieval era, yeah. and then they have to fight because that's what they do at that time yeah i mean people, and, you talked about it last time but people are just dying in the medieval era yeah for no reason everyone's just dying yeah and then uh, but what's interesting is that the female perspectives of this movie were written by um uh, nicole were the female Hoffner that right i mentioned right so like it's interesting that they said hey we'll write the male perspective you write the female perspective so i'm curious to see how that's gonna mm-hmm. Balance up. Uh, King Richard was an awesome trailer this week yeah really great trailer. holy macaroni oh my god what a great will trailer. smith fantastic oscar nom Yes. Oh, easily. 100%. Will he win the Oscar? Mm, I don't know because I don't have the future. I don't like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know like, right I now. I don't know because I don't uh, who's, know the future. Who, who, who's the front runners who's right the now? Who's the front right? runners right now? Um, do you think Dev Patel will be nominated? No. No. Okay. Good talk. Um, Thanks for asking though. <laughs> but King Richard, this is a story of uh, uh, Richard Williams, who is the father of Venus, Venus, Venus and Serena. So it's, a, this, uh, it's kind of like a biopic on his story. I read into Mr. Richard. He's an interesting dude. Mm. You um, ran into him? Read into him. Oh, sorry. I'm like, where did you meet him, dude? He's not... Like, I, he put, the, Mr. Richard? The, tra- the movie <laughs> portrays him as this, this amazing father figure, but not throughout his history. I know that he was he has, controversial. He's very controversial in the way he lives his life. Right. So... I'm um, curious to see how he's portrayed here. Yes. Because obviously, a lot of times in biopics, you know, you tend to rewrite history a little bit. Yeah. Right? Speaking of rewriting history, Lamb. Uh, I, I can't wait to watch this film. <laughs> this looks wicked. It's fucked. It looks yeah. like that. That's, this is the kind of weird that I want. Yeah. This is like, this, this feels like A24, like a, a simulator. Like yeah. an AI is like, okay, uh, A24, movie about Lamb. Okay, lady's obsessed with a lamb. She raises a lamb like it's her child. You know, and it's like, and, and then it gets really weird. And then the lamb's mom wants the lamb back. Right. Yeah. So there, like, was, what? there was this tweet that I retweeted and showed you guys the other day of uh, of a guy using a camcorder as a bong 
Like, 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 like he <laughs> yeah. has like the, the viewfinder up and he's put, he has his lips on it and he's got like, this is weed just like stuck on the top. And it's like, this is how A24 writes their movies. 100%. And I'm like, that is, that is correct. Bang on. That is how bong they do on. it. Bong one of the best bang parts on. of this trailer is how they use the lambs to make the a24 logo and they always yeah. do that i remember so with, cool. with the um, uh oh my god the skateboarding one good life fast life what was the movie called mid 90s mid 90s <laughs> <laughs> not sure why i said any of those words that i did but mid 90s they had the skateboards as the yeah really cool. like, and i love when they do that i love a24 I, lo- I just love when any studio does something different for like oh look how they did the logo this time yeah, yeah. i loved in like i always think of atlanta atlanta like in each they episode just, of atlanta they're like oh where are they going to put atlanta in this episode yeah. you know it's really wb is cool. also one of the studios which i know is controversial right now but they always love having fun with their logo when they start the film yeah, mm-hmm. I love seeing mm-hmm. that. I love yeah. seeing that. Um, Dune. Yeah, Dune. Oh, Dune was huge. Dune. 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 Because Dune. Dune came out not was it last Monday? It was the week we were off. Where the week we were yeah. off. Wicked trailer. Awesome trailer. Yeah. Awesome trailer. Great pacing on that trailer. Just explaining what this whole story is all about. Just that last shot, though. The last shot. Just that last shot. That last it shot. Looked, it looked a little. I went back. They and should watched go back it. and hire uh, Schmigadoon. What's yeah, his name? Schmigadoon. What's his name? Schmarnoff. Shmook. Shmooky. Shmooky. the bear. Um, no, I. I don't know. Here's the thing, though. Like, was it CG? Was it like manipulated? Because I know his eyes looked very like glowy. Mm-hmm. So is that what makes it look jarring? But it looked like they just moved Timothy Chalamet's face off of his face, off his face on onto like a soldier stuntman. body. So that's what looked really weird, especially to end your trailer on that shot. Yeah. It was yes. just like, oh my god, we're focusing on this because now. the 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 sequence is he's like a soldier in battle and he's like moving at the speed of light and he's like taking this dude down and then he does a stance and yeah. his visor goes down and you see these blue eyes. So a you know that's not Timothy because maybe in your mind you haven't seen him act that way, right? And w- w- move that way, and then you see these blue eyes and then just kind of like a pasty face yeah and it just doesn't fit i would have just kind of untinted the visor yeah, yeah a little like, bit yeah it, lo- it looked a little jarring for sure are you gonna are you gonna audiobook dune before the movie comes out <sighs> maybe mm, okay. maybe i know it's a, a long book yeah it's very like sci-fi and i'm not huge in the the sci-fi lore same yeah lore but why am i so excited for this movie though? Uh, denis. i think denis. it's just denis it's just denis, denis. that's denis. it denis. it's just denis if any other director right now is making this movie i'd be like oh cool whatever sure but denis doing it i'm like i'm on board yeah, i think and, it's, and, and, and that's the thing it could have been like ridley scott yeah. right and it, i would totally like, could have been and i would just scott. been like ah you know but it's, denis. it's also the cast too the cast Great is cast. Huge. one of the best casts assembled yeah i think jason momoa looked he's fantastic i i didn't expect him to be that much in this film yeah um, as well as uh, Brolin and, and, and Oscar Isaac and, Oscar and Rebecca Isaac. Ferguson. Yeah. And then we had, we had friends of the show yeah. who were able to go to a um, you know a quick screening, the uh, twenty like minutes yeah. of the movie, and then like a twenty minute twenty minute in total. Um, and they did mention that the film, like the credit for the film, was Dune Part One. So, but they haven't shot Dune Part Two. But they haven't shot Dune Part Two. We'll and see. they haven't still. And when they released this trailer, it didn't say Dune Part One. So I don't know what the commitment level on it being a Part One is. Yet. I wonder how big of a cliffhanger this movie ends. And again, I don't mean to be down on it because this is my most anticipated movie right now of the year. I just, I just foresee it not the way the box office is right now, the way the pandemic is right now. 
This movie was supposed to come out last December. This last movie, October. How much would this movie need to make for a sequel to be warranted? Like, how much was the budget on this movie? I don't know. Probably, like, I would suspect in the 200 million. I was going to say that. But is it going to make... No. Is it going to make 600 well, Is it going to make... Yeah, it won't make a billion. No. This is also day it, and date on PVOD I, HBO Max. So, again, you could watch a 4K Dolby Vision version of Dune day one at home. That's going to kill the box office of this movie. But if they make more... Subs- like, get subscribers to it. Yeah, but you're also... The more subscribers, yes, but that's that subscriber base is also paying for all of the other movies they're releasing, right? And that and that's I think what's kind of scary where we are right now. If if we're relying on box office of Dune to warrant a sequel, there's no way in hell that it's going to make anywhere close to what it needs to. If it's going to be available day and date on a subs- on a streaming service that people are just a lot of people just have. That they bought for the year because it was so cheap to sign up for the year. So two, I'm, right? I'm reading it's about 165 million, which I believe because I think that Denis is one of those guys. You can stretch a budget. You can give him a dollar, he'll give you the best movie still. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, so he can definitely make use of the budget. Mm-hmm. So at 165 million, this movie's got to make what 400, 400 500, yeah, to really think about a sequel. Even I don't know if it could do that. And that's the thing that that's those are some big legs to stretch. Yeah. Do you know is how much word? money Blade Runner twenty forty nine made? I'll tell you right now. Three hundred twenty million. Before you look it up, is that what you think? I that's what. How I, about three hundred forty million? Sorry, three hundred forty million. Yeah, I think I was on three hundred forty. Yeah, two hundred forty. Three hundred forty. Sorry, Blade Runner twenty forty nine worldwide two hundred and fifty nine, mm. and that's that was not good before a pandemic. Yeah, and not available. And it had Ryan Gosling in it. And Harrison Ford, and it was a proven, like, or not proven, but like it was a known entity mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. I think the name caused was an issue for that film. People were like, I didn't see the first 2048 movies. Why are you calling it Blade Runner 2049? What was the budget on that one, though? The budget of Blade Runner? Mm-hmm. I love Blade, for, Blade Runner 2049, million. but it could have been better. What, what, what did you like about it? It's not that I didn't like, it was there was action missing and i really did not like no i guess there is the oh there it I is did not like the ending of blade runner 24 that ending sequence with the 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 fembot the female robot fembot like we could have been like i didn't like that sequence in the water i i wish it was done in the city more with the neon lights i wish i saw more of the the city life mm-hmm. rather sure. than the outskirts that's fair that's fair criticism because it is a cyberpunk film Definitely. And I wanted more cyberpunk to it. Yeah, but also... Do, and it was but, so close, and they're like, man... Yeah. But also, I, the, I first, the, film. the first Blade Runner was like that too, though, right? Like, yes. You're not in this... Like, you're in the city a lot, but it's also more like, whenever the action is happening, like, you're in, like, a dark warehouse or stuff right. like that, right? So, the runtime right now for Dune also is about 2.35. Um, runtime for Blade Runner 49... 2.44, right? Yeah, 2.44. So, that also has to play a lot in the fact, right? People's attention span for a slow burn. But are you now, saying... Dune looks a little bit more action-packed. It does, yeah. But yeah, I was going to say, a 15-minute difference is not massive, because yeah. they're both two But it's also sometimes those things where we're like, oh, you could have cut 15 minutes out of that, right? Sure. So, was this the 15 minutes you cut out? You know, we'll have to see. I'm so... Dune is going to be really interesting to see. I can't wait to watch it. Yeah. But I'm also... I want it to do well. Yeah. And you also don't... I don't know if you've read the book. You no, don't no. know what the story's about. No, so no idea. Even it looks... Visually, it looks beautiful, but do you connect with the story? And do I think this one's going to hit $500 million? Do you think? Do you think it's no. going to hit three hundred million dollars? Maybe. 
man. Do you think Dune will make three hundred million dollars? Because of the cast, worldwide. I want to say yes because of the attention, because of the people that we're talking about it. People I feel like are talking about Dune more than they are about Blade Runner twenty forty nine. But it's do out. you think it will hit three hundred million dollars? Daniel, is this a serious question right now? Uh, it's a serious question. I need you to answer yes or 300 no. Three hundred million dollars? Yeah. Worldwide. Yes. Yes. Okay. All right. If they I hope can, it does. If they can I market this film in China, and I don't know if it's going to be in. China. Or yeah, is there one an issue those, with China with this one? If this could be. film is going to be one of the films that are... They don't like sand there? No. They don't like the worm thing that comes You don't up. have any worms here in China, so you can't have any movies. You can't call it Dune. What else are they going to call it? Market it there, they can make their money. They ha- like, I and hope, the, That's their saving grace, because I don't I think agree. it will make them... Yeah, there's a, there's a niche people that want to see it here, but I never heard of Dune until the movie. And then I, I've, I, I've known of Dune, but I also haven't cared about I Dune. I never watched the original film, film movie. Like, I, yeah, never heard of it. But never, it. never gave it a thought right. out of that. All right. So that is all the trailers. <laughs> all the trailers this week. Our, our trailer segment was as much as long as the show. It was. Um, out this week. Super excited for this. The Suicide Squad. Squad. This is this is the first week where it sparks. You know, the next couple of weeks and months and at, right to December where. There's probably going to be a movie every week. A banger film. A banger yeah. film. I can't wait. I'm, we're going to see this all together. We're going to see with some friends as well, too. So yeah. it's going to be nice being back in the theater with a group of friends watching this film and holding hands, holding hands and just kissing, spitting kissing. in each other's faces. Mm. I Is mean, that how we, that's, that's how we used to watch movies. Yeah. Back in the day. Yeah. Hey, you want some popcorn? Yeah. Oh, but our review for the Suicide Squad will be up on the movie podcast feed on Friday. So you can listen to it on Friday. Friday morning. Yeah. Maybe we'll even talk about a little bit about spoilers, but we'll warn you. Maybe. Because it's out. We can talk about it, you know? We can talk about it. I don't like what you're doing right now, Shay. <laughs> My microphone was melting as well. <laughs> what are we watching this week? Two weeks. Daniel. Two weeks, yes. This is, okay, this is going to be another long segment. No, I'm, I'm going to go rapid fire through mine. Daniel, what have you been watching? I've watched a lot more than I have on this list, but I also wasn't updating this list as much as I should have, so I put what I remembered. Uh, old, which we have our review up, the, where we spoke about uh, M. Night Shyamalan, M. Night Shyamalan's film, Snake Eyes. We have a review up. Thank you for smoking. I was literally just going through Disney Star on Disney Plus. I'm like, you know what? I want to watch an Aaron Eckhart movie. Mm-hmm. And there was Thank You for Smoking. And oh, I'm, you didn't want to watch uh, the I Frankenstein one? No, I, I decided not to watch mm-hmm. I Frankenstein. Okay, okay. So I put Next on Thank time. You for Smoking. Great film. I've seen it before, but it's just been a really long time. The Green Knight we saw again. Thank you to our friends at Elevation. For inviting us to watch that movie. We got to see it last week or this week. What what's time? A review is out for that as well. Jungle Cruise, another one. A review is out right now. Behind the Attraction is a really cool documentary series on Disney Plus, where they really kind of dive into the different theme park rides at Disney and kind of what inspired them and how they came together. So definitely check that out. Um I've we've seen I don't know if we could say how much of Ted Lasso season two we've seen, but I've seen a lot of Ted Lasso season two, but now I'm rewatching it on TV or on Apple TV Plus as it's airing now each week. As it's complete. As it's complete to watch. Uh, another amazing, amazing show you definitely should be watching on Apple TV Plus right now is Schmigadoon. That is um, stars Cecily Strong and Keegan-Michael Key, created by Cinco Paul, who is an absolutely awesome writer and a songwriter. Definitely watch the show on Apple TV Plus because it is so damn good. You won't regret it. I think episode four just came out. I uh, started rewatching WandaVision. Uh, Stillwater is another one that uh, Shay and I watched yesterday, which we'll talk about in a second. But it's show that I want to talk about because the embargo is going to be up to talk about it on Monday or today while you're listening to this. Mr. Corman, 
Uh, another Apple TV Plus original show stars Joseph Gordon-Levitt. This is also produced by A24, who we've spoken so much about. Um, this is a great show. And this is also a show that I think going into it just set, kind of set your expectations of what you're going in for. This is a show about, you know, Joseph Gordon-Levitt plays this, uh, plays this man who has, um, he's a teacher, he was a musician, and now he's starting to deal with like anxiety in his life. And it's really interesting to see him navigate that and his family and just working. And if you're a fan of Joseph Gordon-Levitt um, and his work that he's done with Hit Record, there's a very, there's a very distinct visual style to this. Where like you know like sometimes it's kind of over over the top like with animation and there's some like stop motion elements to it. It's just really visually really cool show and I think the soundtrack is amazing, especially because he's a musician himself. And Nathan Johnson, who we had on the show last year, is the composer for this project as well. So I think his visuals and the the music all tied together make the show really unique and it has a phenomenal cast as well. There's an awesome cast of people in the show. Um, but the show is very raw. It's very unapologetically Joseph Gordon-Levitt. And I think going into it, know that you're going to be faced with like a realness to it, which I really liked. Um, and it also makes you kind of reflect on your own life. So just go and into he it. He directed like good episodes, didn't he? He did. And he wrote the show. He's a mm -hmm. creator. Um, this was has been his passion project because he took some time off from acting for a really long time. So yeah. he's working on this and it's 10 episodes and it's, I, I really enjoyed my time with it. So definitely it starts airing August 6th on, so I guess it's out this week as well too on Apple mm. TV+. Plus. Uh, check it out. I think it's it's really, really cool, and I think it, it has a lot of the DNA that we see in shows like Atlanta and Dave, and it feels like if you told me this was on FX, I would believe you because it kind of feels like that type of show. But That's awesome. Um, it's on Apple TV+. Plus. Uh, the first couple episodes, you may, may be like, I know this is for me, but as you go into it more, I think you're going to really, really start to pull a lot out of it, so I definitely recommend it. Okay, awesome. Stillwater. Let's talk about Stillwater. I enjoyed this movie. Yeah. All right. Good. Take care. Uh, let's move on. No, uh, Stillwater was a fun film. Uh, not sorry. Not oh fun. Oh my God. What? Fun. <laughs> I, I take that back. Not a fun film, but in the sense that I really enjoyed it because it gave me the vibes of the films that I watched in the early 2000s. Like this is a film that if you told me that next month you have Pursuit of Happiness coming out and then like whatever else, Blindside coming out the week after that, I totally believe you because it felt like it was from that time. And, and I mentioned this to you, Daniel, it feels like a movie that's post 9-11. It's a very post 9-11 film. Definitely. Even though nothing to do with 9-11, but no. just I think the American pride that we see in the film, a lot of that nature, you know, to really boost the confidence of America, this is that kind of a movie. And I'm sorry, I don't mean this in any negative way. No, I'm, no, no. I'm being very uh, honest about it. Um, I think the performances are fantastic from every single actor in this movie. Matt Damon especially, yeah. Matt Damon especially. And um, I think the only real issue that you and I discussed what we kind of had was the ending... Uh, there's it feels like it's missing just a quick scene to transition from what you last see to the next scene because it almost just kind of it's a little blip. it's definitely abrupt and it left me a little like oh okay this is it's, it feels like it's trying to wrap up too quickly yeah like they ran out of time and they're like oh shit we need to finish this movie right or I feel like there could have just been a more seamless transition also felt a little long because yeah. there's like I guess a side plot in this film that starts to develop even more and more that I think becomes more interesting to watch than the actual plot of this movie correct. Um, so I think that's what it kind of balances with too. But I think overall, I think I'm like, yeah, this was a really great movie. It's a good movie. Yeah. I, I really recommend it as well. Yeah. Watch it. And that was it for me yeah. this week. Awesome. Shay. 
Uh, yeah, I'll I'll go through my list pretty quickly as well. So I watched Spider Man Far From Home, Old Snake Eyes, Old, old Snake Eyes, Snake Eyes, uh, The Green Knight, Jungle Cruise, uh, AP Bio season two and and season one are on uh, Netflix now in Canada here. So I was on season two before, um, and I've continued watching it. This is a show with Glenn Howerton and uh, Patrick. Oh. Patton Oswalt, not Patrick Oswalt. Patton Oswalt. Patton yeah. Oswalt. Modog. Uh, Modog, yeah. Absolutely hilarious show. I, I definitely recommend it. Anthony, I think you'd actually like this show. Maybe you should give it a watch. Don't ever recommend anything to <laughs> Sounds good. I'm going to look the other way. I totally apologize. I, Don't I made eye contact with Anthony Hill, and it was awful. Um, I started watching Sopranos uh, because I wanted to know more about Anthony and understand where he comes from. Right. Um, a lot of violence in your life. I'm so sorry. You ever want to talk about it, let me know. I can be your therapist. I mean, look. think of the first words of the theme song. Woke up this morning. I'm sorry. <laughs> what version is that? That's the that's the, that's exactly. That was it. a version that HBO was like, we're not going to use that no. one. Uh, no, but I'm really enjoying it. Uh, I have one episode left in season one, and I'm going to try to burn through the rest of it before Saints of New York comes out. Many Saints of New York. So yeah. I'm really excited for that. Uh, Ted Lasso. Same thing. Same. same uh, same world, I think. Same world, I believe. Yeah, same positivity. Schmigadoon, again, I cannot stress how awesome this show is. I have a few friends who started watching it too, and they were also telling me that they love it. Um, do it. It is the same level of positivity that you get from Ted Lasso. So if you enjoy Ted Lasso and you want some more musical flair, and again, I'm not a musical person at all, so I really had a good time with it. Uh, I'm continu- continuing to watch Dave. I know, Anthony, you started watching it as well, so you'll definitely yeah. talk about it. Really enjoying this show. It's really funny. Uh, Little Dicky is hilarious, and I think the situations that occur in this show are just so stupid, but yet are so funny. Um, because of Jungle Cruise, I continued watching my Pirates of the Caribbean marathon, or for me, just trilogy, because I don't count the other two films. So I finished watching At World's End. And then I think after I actually did watch uh, Jungle Cruise, I put on National Treasure 2, because I'd watched one not long ago. Um, fun movie. You know, I love Nicolas Cage in this. It's, it's a good time. Book of Secrets. Really fun movie. I finished Behind the Attraction. Uh, overall, my whole consensus about Behind the Attraction is uh, I probably wouldn't watch it again, because it didn't hit me as strong as something like the Imagineering story. This felt more like something I would see in line at Disney World while waiting for a ride. Um, it didn't give me much to leave with. And maybe the extreme level of positivity that was in behind the attraction kind of deterred me because I know that it wasn't this easy. I know that there were struggles because you told us in Imagineering story there were struggles. So it just felt a little too puff. For me, I sure. Think no, is, I think I think that's that's one hundred percent a fair criticism because yeah. this is very much uh, a show that is designed to show the magic behind the rides, right? Where and, and I think that's not, great. Sure, but you're also not getting behind the curtain like you did as much with like um, the Imagineering story, right? yeah. But I still, you know, I had a good time with it. I'm glad that I watched it. Uh, Mission Impossible Fallout came out three years ago, so I had to put it on. That's you know the three year anniversary is the most important. Every yeah, the, the believe it's the jubilee. Um, no, I I love that movie. Obviously, I'll watch it all day if I could. Uh, there's a Netflix show called The World's Most Amazing Vacation Rentals. Um, I don't know why, but I watched the whole thing, and it was I think it was because I missed traveling and I missed vacationing, and I had a great time watching it. So it's on Netflix. Really fun reality show. Um, really cool to see that. Been watching more physical uh, because Anthony said, "Hey, you know, keep watching. It's gonna be really good." And you're right; it's really damn good. It's one of the best shows on. I'm really TV right I'm now. Really on Apple TV. It. A lot of Apple TV Plus shows. I yeah. also watched um, Itania this week, so oh, that, awesome. that triggered me thinking of that. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Physical. Uh, watched White Chicks, and of course, Stillwater. Yeah. Uh, for me, I'll start off with uh, Dave. Started watching Dave. Went through season one, season two. 
If you're really, you like Atlanta and you like Louie, you'll yeah. like this show. Cause That's a, a great way to describe it. it. Yeah, because it has dark humor that Louie had, and then it has that hip-hop culture, you know, rising from nothing to something from Atlanta, um, blended in the two. The only thing is, I don't like Little Dicky. That's the thing, too. I, I don't I, like Little Dicky I don't Dickie like either. him because... He, Do you like him in the show, though? No. No. Okay. Because he plays... A modern modern day version of like Woody Allen. Yeah. He's this Jewish, awkward, um, narcissistic, and he has like these issues with his body that he he tells everyone about. It's so weird, and he has this weird humor that he does with other people, and I just don't, I don't fuck with it in a sense. Like, like I, I like watching the I show. I like with watching, him. but it's very. It's a good show. Yeah. It's just. I don't like his character. But I, it's, yes. it's it's not him. I don't like not, him. I don't stuff. like him. But I like him, but I don't like him. It's yeah. like this weird thing where I'm like, okay, keep going, keep going. But man, I would yeah, not talk to you. He he played so he he this guy, so he's he's this up and coming rapper who's Jewish, but he's he's white, but he's taking over uh, there's and they play a lot a little bit on it like cultural appropriation with his care with the music that he makes. But that he's white. Yeah. Um and he's he's awkward and but the side just, characters the, are so fun to deal yes, with. Yes, and the only the first person that comes to mind is like Woody Allen. He just yeah, plays this. I see that for sure. Right? Good show. And I recommend it. Interesting. Um, physical, fantastic. Physical doesn't even remind me of a show. It just reminds me of this movie that was cut up yes. in multiple It does episodes. feel like a film. It's just so well paced throughout this throughout each episode. You gotta watch it. Mm. You gotta watch it. Mm. And this is a lot of Apple TV Plus yeah. shows on our list this week. They're killing it right now. Um, Black Monday finished season. I think this was season three. Really, really good. If you like Don Cheadle, and again, this is set in the '80s, and it has um, it's set with you know, a, a, it started off as you know the the stock market crashes, but you know these characters have moved on to other things in their life. I, I think our audience would enjoy Black Monday. Really, really funny. Woodstock 99, Peace, Love, and Rage. It's a documentary on Woodstock 99. The way you have this written in the document, I was like, Woodstock 99, Peace, Love, and Rage, and Schmigadoon. I'm like, what? <laughs> Hold on a second. Yeah, so w- did I not put a comment? No, no, no. no yeah, just okay. the way I read it. Oh, uh, Interesting documentary. Didn't know much about Woodstock 99 and how awful an experience it was for many people there. Yeah, you were telling me, like, you were like, Dan, I think you would like this. You were there, right? I was not. This, he saw this before The Matrix. <laughs> He had, he had a 9 p.m. show for The Matrix, but the whole day he was at Woodstock 99. This is an HBO Max doc. Yeah. Really scary. Really? Eh? Really eye-opening. I think, and this was, it just, it just set, the, you know, the, the, the train for what we are now experiencing with, you know, left and right. Sure. This concert was a concert that should have never happened. I'm gonna leave it there, but I want you to wow. to watch. That's it. a great. That's a great because tease to the watch. rage part of it is very important. Because right when 2000s hit, that's when the world the world flipped. changed. It, the world know? changed, and it took that a long Y2K. time to happen. But we see it now, and you see it predominantly in you know Woodstock '99. Uh, Schmigadoon, Daniel recommended me to watch this. He's like Anthony. I think you will like this show. And I'm like, man, I don't like musicals. I can't connect with them. He's like, dude, you need to watch it. And I watched it and I love it. Oh, it's thank a, God. it's, it's a great show. Um, there is a character that I relate to that's, you know, in the this, mayor, the mayor. No, 
It's not the mayor. Michael Key. Keegan Michael Key. Here's a guy who does not like musicals, who's into musicals. So it's just, it's very relatable. And it's also, it deals with relationships. And I think Cinco did a fantastic job writing this story. And I'm going to say there's a surprise that's coming for those who love Schmigadoon. And I, I want to encourage you, all our audience, go watch it. It's a fucking great show. Oh, F's, but there damn, it is. This but is you will most, see a surprise come the most in the F's coming in weeks. Come, come here, come there, and come, come everywhere. <laughs> I think we said that word too many times. Yeah. Uh, Masters of the Universe Revelation. This is a He-Man animated. Um, by Kevin Smith, right? TV Kevin show. Smith, right? Uh, done by Kevin Smith, directed by Kevin Smith. I enjoyed it. Uh, a lot of people don't because it's not. A very He-Man show. I didn't show. know there were He-Man purists out there, I'll be honest with you. Apparently there is, and they're, you know, probably... He-Manians out there? You know, <laughs> in their, He-Manians. 40s, Himanians. their 40s and 50s uh, yeah. that are really did not like the, the route Kevin Smith went with the character uh, because it predominantly focuses on the female character. A female? Right. So here's Based my question for you, Anthony. Um, as someone... Were you into He-Man before? So... I knew of He-Man right. growing up in the 90s because it was this, part of this. Part of, like, when you grow up in a certain era, you look back because there's not much happening in that era yet. So you go back to... Yeah, I watched know, a lot of Thundercats as a kid, for right. example. Yeah. So I kind of watched He-Man and I remember He-Man, the live action with, you know, Courtney Cox. And I, some, for some reason, I enjoyed it. And I always remember Skeletor. So do you think that this show, this show that's coming out right now, is going to help create new fans no okay no that was a quick answer i don't think you don't think you don't think people will start watching this show and find fondness for he-man no okay but you're liking it though i liked it i like i like the story i told but it's it's a five episode series that leaves with the cliffhanger so i'm not too sure if there's going to be another i feel like a part two to this five episodes or something yeah but i this is not a show that is going to make new he-man it's just like teenage mutant ninja turtles it's not going to make fans of Teenage Mutant Ninja. It's like you're either in or you're not. Yeah, and and I know a lot of younger people who like this realm, so they 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 have watched it, but um, this is not going to make He Man re- relevant again. American Horror Story 1984 because of Fear Street. You were you were feeling that eh? I was feeling the the horror of the 80s. So you know, while watching Dave, I saw American Horror Story. I'm like, okay, let me put on 1984. Isn't it on, isn't it on Disney Plus? It's not. It's some of it is. Some of it is, yeah. But not the 1984 series. I think the first two seasons are, and not the the other, you know, seven that are after. So I'm not too sure how that is going to work in the future. But I like it. I'm enjoying it. It's it's a comedy horror flick, so very. But there are scary elements to it. The only interesting part is they have Richard Ramirez, who's who was a real serial killer, called the Night Stalker, and. LA during the 80s he's a character in this interesting which I don't know I don't like to promote yeah like, murderers because you're just like oh like you know what he's he done. was an actual killer like this yeah. is not like a make-believe story this is this this is an actual person who killed I people. get that yeah for sure and he's in this story with this these kids so it's just weird uh the green knight you can listen to our review jungle cruise and then I put on Nine Perfect Strangers, which I can't talk about. No, we cannot. But, even, you've said too much already, I think. <laughs> but if you're a fan of um, Richard E. Kelly and all his shows, you will like Nine Perfect Strangers. Interesting. And it's a very 
well-written show. So it's I don't know if I could say that, but I did. We just had it. <laughs> Nine Perfect Strangers is going to here in Canada. It's going to be on Amazon Prime. Yes. In the states, it's going to be on Hulu. Yes. Not on Disney. Well, if you have Disney Plus, then you have Hulu, right? Yeah. If you're part of the the bundle in the yeah. states. Yeah. Here it's on Amazon Prime, which is very interesting. I don't know why. Is, I guess these oh, are things that have happened before the acquisition of Fox, I believe. Right. So yeah, so. that's it's just strange, weird partnerships and all that stuff. So a lot of the good legalities. TV. I'm really like I really really like physical. I just I'm I think I think Rose is gonna win Best Actress if Succession doesn't come out on top this year. I think physical will be your favorite show. Yeah, is Succession starting this fall? I hope. I think so. I hope so. Fingers yeah, crossed. fingers crossed. That concludes another episode of the Movie Podcast. That was episode 114, guys. This is a supersized episode. Supersized too. episode. We're hitting 115 next 114, week. 114, boy. Yeah, we're and going into... I'm not sure what voice that was. <laughs> we're going to a crazy next few months. Yeah. Wait till we hit 120. Dude, oh. we're going to be doing... Wait till we hit episode 420. You know, we, we've been doing like, what, six episodes a week, including our main... June and July, yeah. It's only been we're the last... We're going to be hitting like... 30 episodes a week. I think come September. Like I, Tiff is. I think come <laughs> September with our TIFF movies, we'll have like 30 episodes in September. Yeah. yeah. You know, we'll, we'll obviously, we're going to let Each you know. Be a gift. Every, every, we're going to let you know our full schedule so you know how to plan and yeah. take time off work just to listen to us. I think, I think what people should do, and this is my honest opinion, you should quit your job and just listen to the movie. I was podcast. about to. I was about just to quit listen, my just, job. And just listen to the movie podcast? <laughs> and just listen to the movie podcast. So not even, not I don't even, even listen to it. I don't even listen to the movie You don't even listen to it. I don't listen to it. Just to catch up. Just, Anthony doesn't even know that we so cut him out of the episodes. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I know. I know. I think Tiff knows. <laughs> but um, yeah, man. I Sometimes I just, I got to quit my job because this, this has literally taken over my life. Yeah. And in a good way. Oh, yeah. good, good, good. It's like a disease, but it's a good disease. It's, it's, it's like, like COVID, but it doesn't kill you. Affect your lungs. No. It gives you new lungs. Oh. Oh, okay. It gives you new, breathes new life into you. Yes. Breathes, yes. I like it. I like that. That's a nice one. As always, don't forget to catch a new episode every Monday on all your favorite podcast streaming services. Catch us on the socials by following at the movie podcast on Instagram, Twitter, Letterboxd, um, TikTok. We've been doing TikTok videos. We've been yeah. posting them. TikTok, you know, we're doing Tickety the dance. Talks. Tickety we, talks. We, we do the dance, you know, the shift to the left, yeah. shift to the right. <laughs> shift is down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and don't forget to follow, like, get us on Discord too. We're always there as well. Um, and don't forget to leave a five-star review. I know this episode was probably one of our better episodes in the past, you know, 100 episodes. Mm-hmm. And I think... Probably the best one we've ever done in our lives. Yes. I think every new episode we do is our is best it, new one. Yeah. 100%. Give us that five star. Head over to the Apple Podcast page, search up you know the movie podcast, scroll up a bit, you'll see the five stars. Swipe across and leave a comment. We're always looking forward to getting those reviews. I just I just want to make it very clear. If you swipe, you might hit one star. So go to the very <laughs> across. Yeah, tap, 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 tap on five. the five. Tap yeah. on five. Tap on five. <laughs> you start, yeah. from the, <laughs> start from the beginning. You're just giving us one star, and that would suck. <laughs> one star means we're the number one podcast, right? No, <laughs> don't do that. There's so many one star reviews, but everything is so positive that they're 100, saying 150 one star reviews. What? Oh god! Uh, but that's how it works, no? That's how it we works. gotta. We, now like we have it. to change Give the algorithm with Apple. Reviews. <laughs> one star is good. Five stars is bad. There no, you go. no. Five stars. Give us the five stars. Don't fuck it up for us. Damn, that's a that's Damn, a lot of. You know why? Because it's a longer episode. Oh, I think true. every hour we get more. <laughs> <laughs> we get it's more. only been an hour and a half. <laughs>
Uh, Anything else? That's it. Oh, dope. That was this time with the movie podcast. And we'll see you next.